0: Happy New Year's Eve. It is so good to be joining you wherever you are in your house. Maybe you're up in the cabin skiing today, wherever you are. Maybe you're on the beach. Uh, I'm just glad that you welcomed us into your home and in your heart today. Uh, my name is Matt Wolf. I'm a lead pastor at Arise Church Denver, and we're just so glad that you're joining us for this special message, this special service that we're doing here on New Year's Eve. And what a privilege I get to speak to you right before we start a brand new year. And that's a big deal because starting a new year is such a great opportunity for us to evaluate where our life is and maybe some things that should be changing. And if you're watching this and right now you're like, Matt, nothing needs to change in my life. One, you're lying. And two, keep listening anyways and pray for the rest of us who do have some things that we need to change in our lives. Because I think all of us have this opportunity with a new year to change some things. Maybe it's a habit that you want to implement or a bad habit to get rid of. Maybe it's something like your relationships that you wanna work on or find that relationship that really matters. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's with your school or or with your education, but there's a lot of things that we're like, hey, I I want this to be differently. Maybe it's your health or your physical fitness. But I'm gonna challenge you a, a step higher than that Because all those things are good. You should be evaluating your life and maybe setting some resolutions or some goals or or picking some habits that you can have for this upcoming year of 2024. But what I really wanna encourage you to do today is to grasp Jesus. Because if we get that one thing central, that one thing right, then really all the other things will change. If we can just learn to grasp Jesus And yes, uh, I think that's an interesting word that we're going to be focusing on today, to to grasp, because it really does mean a couple different things. And it has a couple different meanings. And and when you look up the word grasp, it has two main definitions. And I want to show you these. The first definition of grasp is the one that you probably think of. It's to take or seize eagerly. When we grasp onto a rock when you're rock climbing or grasp something in your arms or in your hands, that's what we think of. It's eagerly grabbing something. So in one sense, that's what we're going to learn today to do with Jesus in 2024. But the second definition of that word is just as important. It's that it says to lay hold of with the mind to comprehend, When we grasp an idea, we grasp a concept, it's like we finally get it. It is in our mind, in our brains, it makes sense to us, and it begins to come into us. And it's both of those definitions of the word grasp that I'm going to challenge you to do in 2024 with Jesus. So 2024 is the year for us to grasp Jesus, not just holding on to him in our hearts, but also understanding him in our minds. And if we can do that this next year, it really will radically transform all those other habits, behaviors, goals, relationships that you want. Let's focus on that one thing, that important thing, Jesus, grasp Jesus. So in order to do that, we're actually gonna continue studying the book of Hebrews. So if you have your smartphone, you can use the YouVersion Bible app, you can find our event if you're watching this live on Sunday morning, but if you're watching later, You might wanna grab an actual physical Bible. Hey, you're at home. Take a second, pause, get your real Bible out. And we're gonna look together at Hebrews chapter three, verses one through six. And I wanted to start out by just reading that entire passage. And then we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into what it means to grasp this Jesus. So in Hebrews chapter three, verse one, we read this. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling... Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Verse two, he was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. There's that word greater that's so important in this book. Just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house, and we are his house if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory." This passage comes in the book of Hebrews and you may remember that Hebrews, we don't know who wrote it, but it was one of the second generation Christians. It wasn't the people who knew Jesus directly, but within one generation, this had been passed on. So probably within about 30 years of Jesus's death and resurrection, this is being written by a Christian and saying, we've got to look at Jesus, focus on Jesus, grasp Jesus. And he's showing that Jesus is greater. So far in this book, we saw in the first four verses of chapter one, that Jesus is greater than all, that he's king of all, that he's creator of all, that he is all glory, all God, that he is sustainer of all, that he is savior of all, and that he is truly greater than all. That was just week one, painting Jesus is greater than everything. In week two, we learned that Jesus was greater than the angels, as chapter one finished up. And that led us to the point in chapter two with this warning, if Jesus is greater than angels, don't drift away from Jesus. Don't drift away from him. We need to hold on to him and what he teaches us. And then two weeks ago, we focused on how Jesus, who is the greater, became lesser to make us greater, to lift us up. And we focused on that even more on Christmas Eve, which man, that was incredible, wasn't it? Thank you guys for making that an incredible Sunday over those three services, we had so much fun. It was such a great time to focus on this Jesus who is greater. And if you notice in this passage right now, there is in verse one, a teaching that we're gonna focus on in a second that teaches us to grasp Jesus. And then verse six teaches us again to grasp Jesus. And those verses in between are kinda sandwiched in there And you may have noticed that our author again and again and again is referring to Moses. So basically you could summarize that whole section by saying that Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Moses. And that really would summarize this. And and this is a big deal. To us, we're like, okay, yeah, is that that Charlton Heston guy? Um, You know, and, and yes. But what we need to learn about Moses, the Prince of Egypt, is that Moses was the big deal for God's people, the Israelites. He was the top dog. He was the great religious leader of the day. Everybody looked to him because Moses was the one who met with God on the mountain, the burning bush. It was Moses who performed all those miracles and God's, God's people freed in, from the slavery in Egypt and into the promised land. It was Moses who had been the, the guy on the mountain bringing the law down to teach God's people how to live. It was Moses that, that taught them who God is. It's interesting that in the scriptures, even in the new Testament, our old Testament, and the law in it is called the law of Moses. Moses was the big deal. He was the goat, the greatest of all time. You know, for someone to say that they're greater than Moses would be like somebody right now saying that a basketball player is greater than Michael Jordan. And we all know he's the goat. And whenever somebody goes on ESPN and says that Michael Jordan or Steph Curry or, or, or even uh, I- anyone else, if, if they mention that they're greater than Michael Jordan, it's, it's laughable. We can scoff at that. Not, not the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan's so much greater than all the other players. How many championship rings? How many uh, MVPs? How many scoring titles? How many all-defense teams? Michael Jordan was the best basketball player to ever live. So that that's kind of how Moses is, except even better than that. Moses would be like Michael Jordan combined with George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, and Billy Graham, like everybody all combined in one, like that is the Moses figure. And here our author is clearly saying that Jesus is even greater than Moses. Because it's interesting, it refers back in verse five um, to when God himself spoke, to God's people, and, and when he says that Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, that's what God said about Moses. He was a faithful servant, the faithful servant, maybe the best servant to ever live within God's household. But anyone knows that a servant is still lesser than the son. If Moses is the greatest servant of all time, Jesus is God's one and only son. Moses might be a servant in the house, but Jesus is the son who owns the house. All of God's people belong to Jesus. He is king of all, Lord of all. He is the one we must listen to. Even it says that Moses was looking forward to someone who would come. And what it's talking about there is that in the book of Deuteronomy, even Moses, this great prophet, the greatest leader of all of God's people, in the Old Testament, he said that one greater than him, a prophet would come who would be greater than himself. And Jesus is that greatest prophet. And and that's why we're we're taught Jesus is greater than Moses. And we should listen to him, we should obey him, we should worship him, and we must grasp him. We must learn to grasp Jesus. And that's what I wanna challenge you to do today and for all of 2024 and, and really for the rest of your life. That word grasp, like I said, has those two different meanings. To take or seize eagerly, but also to lay hold of with the mind. And we're gonna look at those in reverse because that's what our author does in this passage. So the first thing that I wanna challenge you to do with the first meaning of grasping is to one, grasp Jesus in your mind. Grasp Jesus in your mind. What we're thinking about, what we're reflecting on, how we're meditating, we need to try to understand and study, analyze, Meditate on Jesus, grasp Jesus in your mind. Back in chapter three, verse one, the author in Hebrews said, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, we're called to something better. God does have a better plan for our lives an eternal life ahead. If that's us, we must fix your thoughts, he says, on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. That word fix your thoughts in the Greek is actually just one word. Kata noia, it's a combination of two different root words. Kata meaning in relationship to, according to, and then noya, your mind. So in relation to your mind and according to your mind, this was a word that was used for fully understanding something. That's what we mean by the word grasp. When you would fully understand something, fully realize something, that's what it means. So we are told here that in our minds, in our thinking, to grasp a hold of Jesus meaning we should strive to understand Jesus better and better every single day. Now, a lot of people think about Jesus, they think about God, and they're like, oh, he's just this great, vast, unknowable beyond, that, that he's like the ocean, that, that if you try to study theology, it's like a map. It it's, pales in comparison to the, the vastness of the Pacific Ocean. You're absolutely right. Jesus, in one sense, is unfathomable, and yet we are commanded to grasp him. Meaning every day of this next year, I want to encourage you, challenge you to grow in your understanding, in your mind of Jesus. Jesus himself told us that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God, not just with all your heart, soul, and might, but also with your mind. To love the Lord your God with all your mind. We are commanded to think about Jesus, to focus on him, to fixate on him, to meditate on him. So are you doing that? well, I wanna encourage you and challenge you to do that in 2024. Could you learn to grasp Jesus a little bit more, understand him a little bit better every single day? And if you're saying, well, well Matt, I thought you said he's vast. We, we can't fully grasp him. And, and yes, and yet we are supposed to do that. In fact, that's my prayer for you because it was the same prayer that Paul had for a church that he helped start. In Ephesians chapter three, Paul says, I pray that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I love that passage because it's like, the love of Christ is so wide, it is so deep, it is so high, that, that it's almost immeasurable. And yet at the same time, we should strive to grasp it. And it also says, I hope that you can know the love that surpasses knowledge. How can we know something that surpasses knowledge? Meaning you could spend every day of every moment, every moment of every day for the rest of your life, thinking about Jesus and growing in your knowledge of him, studying the scripture, studying theology, trying to spend time with Jesus to get to know him. And you still won't have gotten to the end of who he is. That's true, but that doesn't mean we should not try. In fact, we should we are commanded to grasp Jesus in our minds. So I wanna encourage you to do that. And we know this about earthly relationships too. Uh, To tell you the truth, I've been married to Melissa now for coming up on 15 years in 2024, 15 years, and and we uh, knew each other for a year, a year and a half before that. And I'll tell you what, I still haven't figured her out. I still haven't. There's still things I'm learning about her. In fact, uh, I put in my prayer list, I have this the prayer app that reminds me to prayer thing, pray for things daily. And one of the prayers I put in there is, God, help me to understand Melissa better. Like I still feel like I, I wanna get to know her better and understand her because some things, like it would be helpful if I understood those feelings a little bit better, because then I'd know how to interact better and our relationship would be deeper. And, and if I feel that way about a human being who is finite, who has only lived a certain amount of time, how much more so the God of the universe who created the cosmos, who set the stars in place and named each one of them and also created the human being, which has this intricate genome that took us decades to try to map and we still don't understand what all the genes do. If, if that's the God of the universe who is Jesus, who created all things, it's, we'll never grasp all of it and yet we must attempt to grasp him in our mind. So I wanna encourage you to do that. Are you doing that? Are you thinking about Jesus? Are you spending time meditating on him, learning, studying his word? Jesus said the scriptures testify about me, so that means from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation chapter 22, every single verse and every single thing is about Jesus. Have you studied to try to find Jesus? Even in this verse, maybe you could learn something about him. It says that Jesus, whom we acknowledge in verse 1, as our apostle and high priest. Did you know that this is the only time in all the scriptures where Jesus is called an apostle? There's the 12 apostles. Paul was an apostle. Apostle means one who was sent. But this is the only time Jesus is described as an apostle. Meaning he was the first apostle, the first one sent by God. He's the first one we look to because he started the whole thing. Even that is, is growing our mind and understanding of Jesus. And I want to encourage you, how can you do that this year? How can you do that? And we'll get to that in just a minute. But but one bonus point is I would encourage you to check out this book that I love. It's called Gentle and Lowly. It came out a few years ago. It's called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. I've given it away to some people. I've encouraged other people to read it. And if you're like, I want to get to know Jesus better, read that book. Man, it broke my understanding in some ways. I had a deeper understanding, a deeper love of who Jesus is. And maybe there's another book or some kind of content out there that's helped you a little bit. And if that's true, I'd love if you could leave that in the comments say, hey, this really helped me learn about Jesus, this message, this series, this book, whatever it is, share it with me, maybe I can pick up something, but share it with our church because we all want to grasp Jesus in our mind. That's my first challenge to you, grasp Jesus in your mind. And the second one is that second meaning of grasp. And it's to grasp onto Jesus with your heart. This is the clinging, not letting go. We, we grasp him in our mind, but we also grasp onto him as if you're clinging to that rock and you don't wanna fall off. I want to grasp onto Jesus with our hearts. Jump now to the end of our passage in Hebrews three, verse six. It says, but Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house if indeed what? We hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. That's Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. We must hold firmly, not let go. That's the kind of word that was used when Jesus was performing miracles in one town. They loved him so much, so we're so excited that he was healing everybody that it says they held on to him, they grasped him, and he couldn't go. It means they're like, we don't want you to go to Jesus. I think if I met Jesus, I would do the same thing. Like, I don't want you to go. I just want you to hang out forever because I, I, I want to get to know you more. And that holding firm is what we, we need to do. That word is also used for prisoners. When they capture a prisoner and put him in prison to not let him go, it would be to hold firmly onto him. It would be to grasp them and not let them go. And that's the type of holding firmly that I wanna challenge you to do with Jesus in your heart. What this means is that a lot of us have professed Jesus, but I want you to possess Jesus. We might have professed him saying a prayer, raising our hands, we might have gone public with that profession through baptism. But but that's not enough. We need to hold on to him until the end. Don't just profess Jesus, possess Jesus. Keep him, hold on to him, don't let him go. Because the truth is that many fall away from Jesus. Now, I've told you that I think the scriptures teach us pretty clearly that if you're truly saved, you're always gonna be saved. But there are a lot of people who have fallen out of that relationship with Jesus. And it makes me wonder, for some of those people, were they actually truly saved in the beginning? Or did they just kind of go along with the flow or go along with the moment in a cool worship service? But what we need to do is hold on to the end. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 12 and 13, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, because sin and evil is expanding in our world, he said, the love of most will grow cold. Not just some, not just a few, but most will grow cold. But the one who get this stands firm to the end will be saved. It is based on our profession of faith that we will be accepted into the kingdom of God, but it's a profession that goes from first to last, and that faith in trust in Jesus has changed us from the inside out. And that's what it means to hold firmly onto Jesus for our whole life. You know, people think, well, hey, you know, I, I profess Jesus, I got baptized, aren't I good? I, I'm saved, right? Yes. I mean, it's very similar, like, to getting married. You know, I have this ring here. When I got married, now, coming up on 15 years ago, I put this ring, and it symbolizes publicly that I have this relationship with Melissa. Baptism is a very similar thing. It's a public demonstration. Baptism is, is the wedding ring of our faith. It's publicly showing people that we believe. But if I just wear this wedding ring around and I don't go home, ever, if I don't spend time with Melissa, if I don't talk with her, our relationship will fall apart to the point where you can wonder, is there even a relationship there at all? And sadly, too many people have done that with their relationship with Jesus. in fact, some of you are listening to this right now and, and maybe you made a profession when you were a kid, a teenager years ago, and you have fallen away and somehow you got shared this online or you stumbled upon this message online. And and this word, I'm telling you, you need to grasp Jesus. You need to get back in relationship with him. You need to focus that he is a person, a personal God, a personal savior who wants to have a relationship with you. And you need to grasp him with your heart, hold on to him. Don't let him go, develop your relationship. Just like I need to develop my relationship with Melissa, not just to understand her better, but to spend time with her, hang out with her, take her on dates. And, and that's what we need to do with our relationship with Jesus. We need to grasp onto Jesus. So I'm challenging you once again, make 2024 the year that you grasp Jesus. Grasp onto him. Don't just uh, listen to this. Don't just even come every single Sunday. We want you to do that, but we want you to grasp Jesus this year. And I think if you do that, it really will help with all the rest of the things. You're trying to get fit this year Good, get fit. You're trying to get healthy. You're trying to eat healthier. You're trying to to focus on that relationship, find the one, uh, finish college, whatever those goals you have here. Let me tell you, if you are grasping Jesus, he is the one who will help you at every moment, who will give you strength, who will forgive you when you mess up and give you a new chance immediately. Jesus is the one you must grasp onto. So please grasp Jesus in your mind and in your heart. Try to understand him, but also hold on to him and don't let him go. And to do that, I'm actually gonna encourage you to focus on two habits this year. It's pretty simple. You're gonna be hearing about these over and over again over the next few years here at Arise because we realize it's habits that transform our lives. It's not just a one-time decision, but it's the things we do regularly. And and I know this to be true. It's at the beginning of this last year, 2023, I said, I'm gonna get fit. And that's a goal, that, that's great. But what I decided was I'm gonna start a new habit that I'm gonna start working out at least four times a week. And, and it was hard at first, but then I started to realize, hey, I, I am feeling healthier. I'm feeling having more energy throughout the year. And, and then I remember hearing someone at the beginning of the year, you should work out so much that, that you can't have rest days. Like you, you just, it's like hard to take a rest day. And I'm like, no, that's crazy. Nobody would ever do that. But I found that myself by November, I was having to force myself to take a rest day. And I was working out not just four days a week, six days a week, but because that habit actually transforms us. And I wanna encourage you to develop two simple habits. And there's gonna be six that we're gonna be talking about over this next year, but, but habits transform our life. And there's two today that I wanna encourage you to do if we truly want to grasp Jesus in our mind and our heart. And the first one is to worship weekly. Pretty simple, worship weekly. When you come every Sunday, In person or online, because even if you're traveling, even if you're sick, you can still join us. And what that means is every single week, you're going to hear proclaimed the name of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it changes us. You're going to get that every single week. You're going to see other people believing that same thing. So when the world tells you you're crazy or stupid, you'll be reminded, no, 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 we're crazy and stupid together. And Jesus is going to help us through. And so that's the first thing, to worship weekly. Make that a commitment. Put it on your calendar. Make it a reminder on your phone so you're gonna wake up and get here every single Sunday, in person or online. Worship weekly, that's the first habit. And the second one is to dialogue daily. This is a real simple thing, and a dialogue means to to talk to God and also to listen to him. And, And every day I wanna encourage you to open up your Bible to listen to Jesus, to ask him to speak to you through his word. And I also want you then to pray with Jesus, talk with him, share what's going on in your hearts, confess your sins to him, receive grace, ask him to lead you in that day through his spirit. And if you begin that dialogue daily, it will also radically transform your life. So right now, take a minute, take your phone out, and actually put some reminders in your phone. Set an alarm so that this becomes the first thing. I've told people before that my habit every morning is I reach for my phone. Well, guess what, so what do I do now? I open up my phone and instead of going to Facebook or news or email, I open up my Bible app so that right away I am spending time with Jesus every single day. And that habit, I promise you, will transform your life. So worship weekly and dialogue daily and those will help you grasp Jesus. So I hope that you've been challenged today to think a little bit higher in this message to grasp Jesus in 2024 and let that radically transform you for the rest of your life. If you're listening to this and you're not a follower of Jesus yet, I encourage you to just say a simple prayer. It says that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And Jesus died for you on the cross to forgive you of your sins and rose from the dead three days later to prove that all of that is true. And if we believe in Jesus, our sins are forgiven and we're given eternal life ahead and he's worth following every day. So if you say that prayer, and I encourage you to do it, then go to risedenver.com follow and let us know. And then come back next week. Come back next week because we are gonna be kicking off our 21 days of prayer and fasting with that special series that we're calling God-sized because we need to start thinking way bigger from our life because God, who is the creator of everything, has something big for your life. Yes, in 2024. So come back next week. We're gonna start praying. We're gonna start fasting together for 21 days and see how God changes our lives. And throughout the whole thing, remember, grasp Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much um, that we could spend this time together on New Year's Eve. And I pray that you would help 2024 be an incredible year for us. We know that there's going to be good things and there's also going to be hard things. But whatever comes, Lord God, help us grasp Jesus, to hold on to him, to his strength, to his grace, to his mercy, to his love. And let us just be able to move forward, grasping him in our mind and also holding on to him in our heart. Help us to grasp Jesus today, every day of 2024, and for the rest of our lives. And I pray this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for that special message for New Year's Eve. I hope that it would bless you. And if it did at all and you're newish, please fill out that new form at AriseDenver.com slash new. And if this is your church home and you've been blessed at all by Arise Church Denver, we'd ask that you give and give generously. And what I would encourage you especially to do uh, as we're heading into the new year would be to set up automated giving. Go to AriseDenver.com slash give and set up weekly or monthly or however you want to do it payments so that we can continue to further the kingdom of God. We can rely on that money to further the ministry here, to do more outreach, to invest in the next generation and see more lives transformed. So if you're new to that, we'd encourage you to join our generosity team. And what we say is a good starting point is $25 a week or hundred dollars a month. That's a great first step in your giving, but then maybe you need to take the next step. Look at what you're giving your income is for 2024 and give proportionally to that. That's what a tithe is. And maybe you're already tithing and you need to step it up a little bit. Maybe it's time to give a little bit more. And if you do that and you set that up, think of all the amazing things that God can do through your giving at Arise Church Denver in 2024. So please give right now.